When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, these droopy dogs. Yeah, let's let's record, um, and then we'll it's do the not recounting. droopy dog. It's James Damato. Okay, everybody. Yes. Is everybody recording? Yes. Okay. Yes. Recording. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. I am gonna say one as a Hanna Barbera character. Liz is gonna say two as a Hanna Barbera character. Tyler is gonna do three. Johnny's gonna do four. We're going to go to eight, all as Hanna-Barbera characters, and then we're going to clap. Like one. A two. Three. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking up whether or not Droopy was a Hanna-Barbera character. He is, there you go. I don't believe so. Is he not a Hanna-Barbera character? I don't believe so, but I'm ready now. No. Well, <laughs> we're too deep in it at this point. Open on, uh, I guess it is still night, the second night of Boganalia, where your party has just made their way off of Il Sanguidio and rescued an erstwhile crew member, uh, one of the sickly orphans who had made their way aboard, and also made some other startling revelations. The night is quiet where you are on the Uhuru, as there is noise in the distance coming from Nordia itself of people still celebrating, drinking, and singing for Boganalia. Where are our main party of crew members? I assume the captain's zone. Yeah, we just escaped, and I think we're trying to gather the troops. Is that... Yeah, so let's let's check in with everyone in the, the captain's zone. Uh, where are you sitting? And that's what we call it, the captain's zone, not his <laughs> That's what we quarters. always have called it. Yeah, that's what it's always kind of been. The captain's discovery zone. There it is. That's what we like mm. to call it. Yeah, so uh, tell me who's in the ball pit. I need to know who's, who's in the ropes like, up top. Is, if anybody's in the arcade. And Gable's enjoying a pizza that they cooked themselves. That's not what happens with discoveries. I'm sorry. I'm not. Margaret is in front of a claw machine that's full of candy, uh, mostly Smarties, and uh, just having a time. And that's that's all the discovery zone jokes that we could think of. Zone. Uh, Most of mine things I thought were discovery zone, but then I thought about it. It was just Magic Mountain. 
Wow. Ooh. That's those are very What's different. What's Magic Mountain? Magic Mountain? Like, like, like Disney? Uh it's like a kid's fun spot. Like the the huh. the mascots, hmm. I think a, a like a cartoon dinosaur or something. You got mini golf and uh I think go kart. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Is that an Ohio thing? This is probably a very, very much an Ohio thing. <laughs> Yeah, so John is having memories of Acheron, <laughs> but he is kind of having them somehow in the current story that we're telling that we get a decent amount of money to tell, so we should probably do that. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, mini golf confirmed for Skyjacks. Yes, of course. It's 8.3 times smaller than regular golf. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're in the captain quarters. We're we're debriefing on on that jazz. Yeah. What what? Where are people emotionally? Because I imagine Gable at least is a little rattled. I think more than anything, they're just tired because it's been a long, an incredibly long day. On, so on top just, of a pretty long existence. You know, like you do. <laughs> So I think they're just kind of slouching in a corner, looking at the window, kind of not thinking about anything. As is usual, there's not a whole lot going on up there. Jonnet is plotting. He's got a. He's at the desk. He's got the map out. He's plotting out where he would rather be. He's like got a an erase the uh, the closest thing to like an erasable like uh, like a pencil or something like that. And he's just like plotting out courses. Cool. And what of Travis? Uh, I. I think Travis is sitting, uh, he has a drink, just kind of legs propped up, thinking about, you know, there's only about 24 hours left before um, everything kind of changes for him. Well, it has been an enchanting and entertaining evening for me, as I imagine it must have been for all of you, but it's getting late and I do have a ritual to perform tomorrow. So unless there's anything more you should need from me, I'll be on my way. Oh, Margaret, please allow me to escort you out. Of course. Margaret waits and presents an arm to Gable. Anyone gonna say goodbye to the nice lady? Take care, Margaret. Yeah. Is everything on track to, you know, fix Travis up? Travis, you should probably talk to Jonnet. Is your... No? You're right. <laughs> no, no, we'll we'll talk. Okay. At that, I believe Gable and uh, Margaret will step out of the room. Travis, you, I mean, I'm <laughs> Jonnet. Uh, so you're gonna do this a roundabout way? Or you're just gonna tell me what's up? Well, um, I've thought about it a lot, <laughs> and um, Margaret presented me with a unique opportunity. Um, and I have chosen to, uh, accept this opportunity and, uh, instead of fixing my hand and making things the way they were, uh, she'll be fixing my hand and making things the way they were. Like, oh, before I knew you, before I knew Gable, before any of this. Um, she'll make me immortal again. Amortal, not immortal. Well, Travis 
you kind of get yourself into a lot of danger and trouble all the time. I mean, you feel like that's a good idea? I mean... Yeah, there's a quick flashback. Your friend gets stabbed a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I survived before. You know, I think I can do it again. Most of these should have been lethal. <laughs> I mean, come on, Travis. What are you t- what are you talking about? It, going back to normal? You you're 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 a changeling. You 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 bend and contort with the seasons. That's awesome. Why would you want to give that up? It hurts so bad every time. Oh, come, but that's I Yeah. Like a lot. And- I mean, I hear it. It's bad. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. 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 And this is after. This is after. You know, years and years and years of of getting used to it. You're used to it. I mean, it still sucks, but you know, the first couple times it was really. Whew. Oh man. And here, here but he, here's the thing. I've I've lived my whole life I've lived so many lives and seen so many people come and gone and I won't have to do that anymore you'll outlive me <laughs> it's great I mean wow I I guess I always thought if I ever had the chance like I would I'd want to go on as many adventures as possible for as long as possible to be able to just explore I I Hmm. But I guess you've kind of done all that. It's fun for a while. <laughs> but after you see everything once, and then you see everything twice, and everywhere you go, your your name is carved into a, a booth somewhere, you run out of... You run out of things to deface. We see a whirlwind of flashbacks of Travis hanging out with different configurations of a very large person and very <laughs> excitable 15-year-old person oh, no. and, like, kind of nervous, bespectacled person. Like, just... <laughs> oh, that's low-key heartbreaking. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well... Yeah, I, I guess I get that. You know, Travis, I guess this can be an adventure on its own. You know what? Tell me right now. Where haven't you been? Where's somewhere that you've never been before on this planet that we can that I can make sure that you go before you go. <laughs> Um, fuck, that's really cool. Yeah, that rules. I have to write this down. <laughs> oh no, I have problems um, to keep. Okay, so here's a here's a question mm-hmm. for everyone. So my here's my first thought is that I have never been to Acheron. Oh, that's mm. cute. That's nice. That's, also, it's like, um, why would you? Because like, there's nothing really like. Sp- it feels like there's nothing really super special there, but I love that. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're going to base it on Akron, sure. Yep. Uh, hey! But, <gasps> Black Keys. Oh! Oh! Uh, but also, you know, Tyler, 
Acheron is your creation, so it's entirely within your purview. There could be some wild stuff there if you want there to be wild stuff. Well, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, it's John, it's home, and that's what makes it special. And anything on top of that is just like, yeah, you just want to show someone around where you grew up. Okay, so so that's an Plus option. Wizards. <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> I didn't know that there was wizards. Okay. <laughs> no. Wizards. Uh, because to me, it's like, if he's never been there, it, it is a nice thing for Jonnet to show him. Um, yeah, that's kind of a sweet I don't know. emotional note. There. Yeah. But is there someplace more interesting than anyone? There's a t-shirt. There's Otterbox. There's... Uh, Japan. 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 (laughs) Uh, I I can... Also, like, the thing is, when you name a place, like, we'll probably want to go to there. Uh, So there are also uh, places that have been created by our freelancers. There is... Windrider Island, uh, which is home to... uh, like the most artistically sophisticated pornographers in the world. Uh, they like, <laughs> it, it's like a combination of uh, nudie booths where you see two live performers going at it, but, and Shakespeare. So like, okay, they, they kind of have, this community of artists that support themselves by producing erotica that they either distribute to the world or bring people to their island to see. Uh, so that's kind of weird. Uh, there's Zankal, uh, which is based on uh, like kind of Guatemalan traditions. Uh, they do a Day of the Dead thing where they fly big kites and they have cool pyramids there. Um there is the Rakshari Deserts. That's where Lapis Lazuli comes from uh, and where the Bandit Queen uh, called her home. There's supposed to be a lot of really cool dancing there and uh, kind of an underground city society. I guess there's Aram or Aruam, uh, the kind of crown jewel of the Red Feather Capital, uh, which would be a wildly dangerous place for you to visit, but uh, definitely uh. a place you could go. Uh, and there's the Liquid Swords Monastery. Mm. So all of those are places that definitely exist, and we have a lot of cool stuff already built for them. Um, I, I don't know. Does it, Does anyone have a preference? I think Acheron is delightful and cute and emotionally fraught. Yeah, that's going to be fraught as hell. <laughs> let's do it. Let's get let's let's get some fraught stuff for Jonnet. Ooh, fraught stuff for Jonnet 2020. I'm a, I'm over it for me. <laughs> <laughs> we all are, you know. When we go there, Travis is just going to have a good time no matter what. <laughs> you think that I tried to do that this arc and I still got you gotta pay your sad boy dues (laughs) well leaving the boat and going i'm gonna be fun is kind of a death now (laughs) it's like (laughs) uh but let's let's hop back in that moment yeah you tell me and 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 i will hand deliver you anywhere you want to go well it's funny that you made this offer wait does Travis know that he's from Acheron? 
No, I don't think so. Oh. Oh, wait. Have you mentioned it? I mean, I've never, as a player, I've never uh, thought that I was hiding that. You always refer to, like, the mainland whenever you talk about home. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that I've I've I think I've said it. I think I've said something okay. to that effect. Okay. Look, you know what I would love? I would love to see Acheron through the eyes of someone who grew up there. You know, whenever we visit somewhere, it's always to go to some weird new festival. I just never get to you know, See what a normal day is like for someone. Jonnet, he looks around the room just to make sure that Travis is talking to him. And he points to himself. It's Travis, I'm from Acheron. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Travis. Of course we can go to Acheron. Oh, I would, I would love to show you around Acheron. I, you know, there's not, you know, a lot of stuff in there. There's, there ain't no, no bird races or, or brokers or, or caves getting flooded or anything like that. But, you know, uh, uh, we, we, uh, we do a thing, my dad and my sis, uh, we do a thing where we, we, we take, uh, uh, we make our own ice cream and it's the best ice cream that you'll ever have and you have to eat it immediately because we don't have a great way of keeping it cold but you got you got to try it and and we can make it for you and and uh we can watch the sun come up and and we can uh we can herd cattle and then and then and uh, tyler you're thinking of all of these things and i think jonnet is struck with the realization of how long it's been since he's been home Oh man, Dad's probably s- slowing down a little bit. Well, okay. So, real quick, Travis, when this spell, you know, takes its effect, and you're no longer a changeling, you're no longer immortal. You're not gonna like wind up and be like three thousand years old, like. In a day or two, right? Not immediately. How fast? No, do we have to act I. On I this? Well, you know, it's funny that you ask that because it's a question that I myself never asked. <laughs> um, <laughs> you should ask. <laughs> you should. But I'm going to assume narratively that I would <laughs> begin to exist at the age that my body is and continue on a natural life from there. One thing that my dad actually always would say <laughs> is that whatever you assume, you make it an ass out of you and me. All right, so don't bring me into this. That's that's fair. Yeah, Johnny, you did you did catch you both caught me in the trap. You weren't going to age and die immediately, <laughs> but your skin was going to turn green and your mouth was going to turn into a snoot and then you'd have to wear an eye patch and wigs. Just sort of based on popular demand. That's kind of where we think the story should go narratively. Yeah, they just horny for it, you know. <laughs> we'll cut outside of the captain's quarters to Margaret and Gable walking arm in arm. 
anyone looks small next to Gable, but Margaret especially looks small and almost delicate on Gable's arm. You seem tense. Oh, (laughs) it's not every day I have a lovely woman on my arm and I want to make sure that I'm at my top game. Mm, Are you trying to be on your top game? I, well, (laughs) stop, stop it. Um, stop it. <laughs> I I just have to chastise you because before I met you, I've... Well, in fact, since I've met you, I've had more conversations with Travis than I have in hundreds of years, and you are squarely to blame. Yes, uh, in a sense, I am squarely to blame as you're having those conversations with Travis because of my direction. But in another sense, Travis is squarely to blame as he has spent those hundreds of years not having these conversations with you. Fair. Have you reached out to Travis in the past? Never directly, but he always comes around. I had the feeling that was something of your relationship, but uh, you're working together now. Yes. He... He's going to have to tell you himself, but he does care about you. I know. And it's also obvious... I hate it, but I know. (laughs) It's obvious that you care about him, too. Tell me, have you found yourself falling into similar patterns? Travis is someone who pushes people away because he knows that they're more fragile than he is. You have to. There's no other. I lost my mother when I was 15. It was a very difficult time. Something that's so difficult, it's hard to even imagine it. And I thought after it happened, after all the words were spoken and everyone else had shed their tears, I sat there and thought, how can the world possibly keep moving? And then the sun came up that morning and I heard birds I heard animals moving around, and I saw people going about their days. It seemed like it was impossible that after this terrible, terrible thing that had left such a scar in me, that the world could possibly keep moving. But it did. And I'm still sad. I always will be. But I also live with it. How old are you? She smiles. Now that's a rude question to ask a lady, and I think you know that. Well, I'm just asking because you are incredibly wise. Wiser than some immortals I know. Well, between you, me, and the birds, I must be somewhere around 86. Really? I did stop counting. Good for you. 
It's how I'm paid sometimes when people have nothing else to offer because I have given them time. They give me time in return. Again, that's not something that I demand of everyone or indeed demand of anyone, but people do pay that way occasionally. And many black lilies are of more advanced age and look to be about as young as I am, some even younger. I've met a few black lilies, but never in such close proximity, and you are incredibly powerful, and I don't want to pry into whatever you're casting with Travis. Hypothetically, if one made a promise that they can't keep, is it still powerful enough? It's difficult to say. There, with, with promise magic, uh, it is a tangled web. Breaking a promise is something that you have to do intentionally. Uh, you can't simply destroy a spell woven with a powerful promise if you fail after trying. But if you don't try at all, that will definitely break your spell. <sighs> guess I'll have to try. <laughs> Gibble just kind of laughs to themselves and shakes their head. You're still tense. You're laboring under a truth that you won't speak aloud. It's that promise, isn't it? I promised Travis something that I know now that I cannot provide. I can try to help you. Your bargain is with him, it's not with me. I, again, wasn't planning on working, but I can work. And for you, I could definitely make an exception. Flirt. More like marketing. You would have to pay me just like Travis will have to pay me. I don't even know... Margaret, I'm sorry. I don't even know what I'm looking for. It's not that. You fix broken things, yes? Yes. I'm not broken. How do you mean? I can never be broken. Margaret stands to look at you. She, again, takes her fingers and kisses them and draws an eye on her forehead and really looks at you. My goodness, what a marvelous person you are. And so very complicated. Hey heroes, it's me SpoilerBot. James had a tough weekend when he was recording the Mithril he just started shouting spoilers at the mic. It was wild. I had to step in and clean everything up. 
This Saturday June 27th James and Mel are joining our dead friend JPC on his 24-hour charity live stream to support bail funds in Chicago. They will be playing Apex Legends from 3pm to 5pm Central Time. However, JPC will be streaming all day. Then I guess he will die or whatever because that's what he does. Sorry. Spoilers. Over on One Shot. Patrick Rothfuss is joining James for a minute series play testing a King Killer Chronicle role playing game he is designing with James. This series will bring a new story to the world of Tamarind and give fans new information about the world. Also, someone gets pushed into a lake. Wait. I think that is a spoiler. Anyway, that's on the one shot feed. Finally, we'd like to thank our patron backers. Brian Sheldon, thank you. Liza Chapa thank you so much, Maggie Kaplan thank you very much, Andreas thanks, Matt Branton thank you but 8.3 times larger, and Dylan Hit thank you. There. I did it. I even did the silly thing where I said different thank yes for people. I have earned my blood today. Was that in the canon? That spoiler bot runs on blood? Well it is now. If you would like to keep us flush with blood please go to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and become a backer. Thank you to all of our supporters. That should be all of the things. Now I need to go immerse my circuits in delicious blood. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Whatever it is, it is my burden to bear, and it's not Travis's. We often think that when we're faced with challenges, especially difficult ones, that those are our burdens to bear alone. But the only way anyone lives with the pains that life throws at you is by sharing burdens with friends. I offered this to Travis uh, freely without payment, and I can offer it to you as well. I can provide you with a consultation. See if I can do for you what I intend to do for Travis. I'll make no promises there, but I can at least see. No. No. If There's no. If you'd like to be consulted, I can consult you, and I can promise you you won't hate it. No. Gable's kind of like reeling back like, there's no way. But make no. Mm, <laughs> but. Hmm. Okay, fine. You know what? Fine. You. Oh, you think. Oh, you think you can fix. Oh, you can. Oh, you can fix all this. Okay, fine. Okay, fine, Margaret. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll make a deal. Fine. Kiss me. <clears throat> Uh, 
Sorry, just give me a second. <laughs> this is the top of your game. I, some people find it very charming that I'm not... Okay, uh, hold on. <laughs> I mean, they they must. Uh, re- recent amorous entanglement radiates off of you like a wave. But my goodness, the Gable, Gable picks Margaret up. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Sweeps her up and gives her a big smooch. And with that kiss, uh, you can feel a connection form between you and almost wrap around you and envelop you. Margaret's arms uh, swing around your chest. And with that, you can feel the touch of small threads that almost tickle you and cause frisson across your back and spine. You feel her touch you, not just physically, but on a metaphysical level. Something that Gable is more in tune with than really anyone else on the crew. After the kiss ends, soft and sweet, you feel this connection vibrating, a power that fills the air. It is light and pleasant. Margaret smiles. It's a sad smile. That is one of the quickest ways to understand a person, at least for someone with my training. I am sad to tell you, Dick Gable, that you're right. I am not able to help you in the way that I can help Travis. It was worth a shot. Is that what you want? No. But you were considering it. You were considering oblivion. Yeah. All for Travis. Not all for him, that's... Disgusting. Then what? Travis. (laughs) Travis is honestly looking to die because he thinks you want to die. At least that's my impression. He doesn't want to leave me in the wilderness because we've both been there. Gable. But I know. I know now that I'm not alone. Really? We're all still here. And Travis deserves his walk out of the wilderness. The promise that Travis described to me and the declaration that he made to me and will need to make both to you. I think it is possible for him to keep that promise. I know for you, for you both up to this point, life has been very painful, very difficult to navigate. And you two have thus far dealt with that challenge by keeping your burdens to yourselves. These past few months, you have shared with each other a portion of those burdens. Perhaps you could both push each other off into oblivion and let that be done with it. But, and this is just me spitballing here, maybe 
instead of walking out of the wilderness, you could navigate the wilderness together. All right, if you're saying that I have to talk to Travis again one-on-one, I will kill myself. I know that it is impossible for me to do, but I will find a way. I'm so mad. I'm so upset right now. Please don't make (laughs) me do this. Gable, it's going to happen. (sighs) Have a good night. Thank you for the kiss. And you're right. I can see the charm. Margaret. Thank you, Margaret. Walks down the plank and makes her way back into the town. At that moment, behind you, uh, like off in the distance, you can just feel the presence of Nodos, who is respectfully not looking your way until you bid your adieu. Gable's size straightens up their jacket and walks over to Nodos, just holding a a length of rope in their hand so they can go have a smoke together. Yeah. Gosh, I do. That's such a perfect cut moment. Uh, we'll, we'll have to cut back to Jonnet and Travis, though. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> Are we supposed to go somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, but I, that kind of is my game, uh, question out of, out of playing. Um, I'm a little like, I can't I can't exactly form where our next step it should be going a little bit. Okay, uh yeah, I, I will go over. So the things uh that are going to happen is the Uhuru crew has to vote about what is gonna happen next. In fact, I know we cut back to the captain's quarters and there is a knock at the door. Look, we're not holding auditions or interviews today. If you're going to have to audition me to be in the room with you, we are going to have words, John and Kessler. It's, uh... B. It's, yeah, it's B the Wasp... No, no, Beeman is the last name, so it's Hornet the Wasp Beeman. <laughs> oh, buddy. God. Oh, man. <laughs> All First right. Arc. All right. Um, uh, y- yeah. Um, John, it walks up to the door. Opens it, kind of like cracks it open. Hornet? Oh, good. At least there's two of you. May I come in? Uh, John, she it- says sweetly and and like trying to look meek. But as always with Hornet, there is a tempest of rage just bubbling beneath the surface. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Come on in. Come on in. Say, no, no. We're all cool. Everybody's cool. Thank you, child. Um, I uh. I assume that this is uh, about the announcement and uh, everything going on. Yes, I was hoping to have a word with the quartermaster and the captain, but seeing as how you're in some sort of apprenticeship, I suppose you could be part of that conversation too. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, that's actually what uh, we've talked about, the captain and I. Uh, anything that can go through him can go through me. Mm, well, we'll see about that. Travis, I'm here to talk to you because I need you to issue an order. Okay. We're going to need to spend what little money we have remaining on at least ten times the amount of food and provisions we normally would. Now, why is that? Well, because I assume our esteemed captain is going to be evacuating this town, and I will not be caught with my dress down if it should happen that we have to pick up the entire town. 
The way I see it, there are three options. One is to run away, which the Uhuru crew never does. Two is to fight, which is going to mean death for everyone on this ship. And three is to do the thing that I know we're going to do, which is take everybody on our ship and fly off. That's you don't you don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know anything. I mean, those are Travis kind of the options. I vote option two. <laughs> well, honey, that ain't going to fly. But I can't not? believe the captain's even allowing you to stay in the same room as him. The captain loves me. I'm the captain's best friend. He's not my best friend, but I'm his best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, everyone thinks they're Ormar Vale's best friend. That's how he became the captain. Well, yeah, but I know it. I don't have time to argue about this with you. I'm going to have to cook for upwards of 300 people in the next few days. You won't. I don't even think that many people would fit on this thing. You would be surprised how many people can fit in a cargo ship that currently has zero cargo. Hey, hey, Hornet, all right? we You're making a lot of assumptions, okay? All right, this is something that we need to be talking about with the rest of the crew, all right? If... You're damn right it's something that we're going to talk about with the rest of the crew. But I am not going to have them led in some fool direction. Now, I listen to the Helms person, that big, bouldering idiot. I know what they're going to push for. And I am not going to have them push for something that's going to get everyone else on this ship killed. We've done, we've done, we've done worse and made it out fine. No, you have not done worse and made it out fine. I've been sailing these guys long enough to know what the Mariner can do. I'm not messing around with that. Now, I know the people who listen to Spit most will do whatever Spit says. But Spit, Spit's loyalty and his only loyalty is to the crew and captain. If he believes it's captain's vision to fight the Mariner, he'll tell his people to do it. Jane is young and fiery, and most of the new recruits are listening to her. And if she spoils for a fight, well, they'll do it. But Jane's also clever enough to listen to reason. If perhaps the captain, or at least the quartermaster, were to go along with a plan that ended with us loading up the ship and pushing off, then Jane might go along. Nodos is a different scenario altogether. He likes to fight. So what you're saying is if we want the young hotties to fight, we have to convince Jane. And if we want the old perverts to fight, we have to convince Spit. (laughs) What I'm saying is you should be convincing that everyone, that nobody should be fighting at all. If we load up now, if we start working now, those of us who aren't chipping off Skamalik, so we actually do have the option of getting out of here, can make sure we have enough supplies to make the jump over to the next place. And where would we go? With all of these people, we're going to be carrying more cargo. So we're going to, we're not even going to be able to get as much distance as we initially thought we would. Well, we I might believe have been. Spit would tell you that that is a Star Watcher's job, Mr. Kessler. I'm just saying that uh, John, it points to his, uh, or just kind of like looks back at his map on the, de- on the desk and just kind of like he's been plotting out 
all these different ways. And he's kind of in, doing the internal math where it's like, if the, if the Mariner could like follow them uh, uh, this far, then they could continue to be followed. It might not end. Well, then we should travel inland. We're not on an island here. The Mariner could circle round the coast, but if we head into the heart of Sphere, he's not going to be able to follow us there. And also, I know, child, I know you're afraid. I know you're worried. But the Mariner ain't after you. The Mariner's after whatever he can get. I mean... Kind of feels like he's after me. We'll cut to Gable and Nodos. Uh, where are they smoking rope? Where are they token rope, I should say? <laughs> <laughs> like that. Uh, at the helm. I like to fight. Yes, Nodos, we all know. <laughs> well, I can sense that you want to, too. I don't think we should run away. Well, I don't think so either, but we do have a hundred innocent souls who aren't battle-bred as you and I. At least a hundred innocent souls. Who knows how many? (laughs) Who's to say how many? In the village, here on the ship, in our hearts, at any given time. Numbers are so ephemeral. (laughs) I don't want to fight because I think that we can win. I don't think so. I want to fight to show Jonnet that he can win. You'd really believe that, don't you? He's so powerful. The boy spoke of facing the Mariner and Bougenith. I believe him. (sighs) Mr. Gable, if you don't mind my saying, I have never seen you as a philosopher. Rude. But... What's a philosopher? (laughs) I also don't doubt your judgment. If you say the boy speaks the truth, then... That is probably the truth. How do we win? If we begin our preparations now, if we work on creating defenses, if we rally the people of the town, then we could have a chance. I have a theory. And as you said, I'm no philosopher or doctor or whatever it is. Those are the same thing, right? Anyway... I have a theory. One magic user was able to use so much power to, through the will of the things that they already knew. The Mariner feeds mainly on the uncertainty of the world. I think it's been so long that since he's had a real fight that he won't know what to do. You can see uh, Nodos, after finishing a long drag on his length of rope, uh, nods, letting the smoke roll out in smooth tendrils. We could put up a fight, to be certain. It depends on how much of the drowned fleet is going to be in that harbor. 
the fleet. Yes, 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 the fleet. I think you and I are more than capable of handling a fleet, wouldn't you say? I would rush into battle alongside you if we were the only two people left in the world, because I believe you'd have a chance at doing it. But the Mariner will be bringing ships, and the Uhuru is uniquely bereft of cannons. I feel like it's time to do a roll, because I want to I see what I know All right. about the Mariner's weaknesses. Hell yeah. Power cord. <laughs> may need more juice. Need more juice. Make I want some juice. Give me my computer. juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Gable, this is, uh, I think, going to be a knowledge adventuring for Could you. Could it be knowledge for a bit? Sure. Could it? Thank sure. you. <laughs> That's the one that I have. Okay. okay. Versus? Um, I, I think this is going to be a hard roll. I will give you a blue die because you're so very old. So that's three purple, right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to use my app for the first time. Very exciting. Ooh. Okay, that is... <laughs> All right, that is two failures and a threat. Never mind. <laughs> I ain't no shit about the Mariner. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Yeah, Gable, we will flash back to encounters that you've had with the Mariner. Um and you know, I like perhaps in two hundred years you you might have had a dozen different encounters with uh drowned sailors. You were pretty much always fighting on the run. Um you have experienced many different uh, flavors of the Mariner's magic, um, but you can't really put a specific like name on any of the spells or description on any of the spells. Uh, you kind of faded into violence in each of those situations. The only thing you remember is fighting drowned sailors was actually pretty simple. Uh, you carved through them very effectively and quickly. I don't think it is our job to defeat ships or turn down an entire fleet or destroy dozens upon dozens of and annihilate drowned sailors. We just need to give Jonnet enough time to draw out the Mariner himself. Once he becomes vulnerable, that's all we need to do. You see, you believe the Mariner will personally appear to attack this town. I'm certain of it. It's Night King rules. It's like, you kill the big one and then they all die. Like that scroll that I read. So then what would you have us do? Do we wait out a siege until the Mariner is forced to walk on land and target him specifically? Do we ride out to attack his ships directly and him individually? Do we know how many days or, like, how long? I mean, it feels like it's pretty close at hand. If it's a siege, we could go into town and 
figure out how many cannons they own. If we are to fly out, we could we could even put together a crew, commandeer the the pinnace, and bring that out into battle. Use it to our advantage. It has plenty of cannons. If we know what we want to do, we can start the work now. I know. I know that the wasp is going to try and stop us. She is averse to risks, which is very counter to Orimar's own philosophy. But she has been wise on more than one occasion, and he may indeed listen. Spit will no doubt follow the captain's will. And there's the question of Jane. Jane could move either way, and many of the new recruits have been listening to her. So what you're saying is that if we want the hot young people on our side, we need to get Jane. And if we want the old perverts, we need to get spit on our side. (sighs) It's difficult. Ideally, yes. Now, if we were to win over Travis, Travis seems to be charismatic enough to capture the ear of everyone, especially if the captain's council is presenting a united front with a plan. We should be able to talk people into this. Well, Nodos, I know one thing. I need to get a lot smarter (laughs) in like 10 minutes. That's going to be real difficult to do. It is. Nodos right. takes another long drag on <laughs> his bit of rope. Scotty Jacks. Like one, two, three, four, yeah, five, six, seven, right. (laughs) (laughs) Deeply unpleasant. Joe loves those cartoons, so he's going to be even more mad about that. What cartoons? I'm a real person. I'm James (laughs) DiMaggio. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I should have done. Should uh, what's the name of the the space roach? Uh, Zord, Zorak, yeah. Zorak, Brack. Yeah. Oh, Brack is the other Brack. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zorak and Brack. I love to play role playing games with my close business associates. The hard thing about just saying numbers is that a lot of those voices aren't good with just one sound. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking speed buggy. I'm thinking jabberjaw. Real tough with just lots of catchphrases. Mm-hmm. El Kabong. Hunt, <laughs> <laughs> when you're done, could you get me a water? Can you get me a water? It's better. This is this is unruly. I, I need to work out a disciplinary method. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we return once again to the long line of applicants uh, waiting for their chance to audition to join the Skyship Uhuru. I say audition, but they're really interviews. It doesn't matter. Uh, we we join the scene as one of them walks off the line in front of the panel of interviewers. Uh, Liz, please describe what this person looks like. Okay, they are wearing a black evening gown, a veil, and a large hat with a floppy brim. Uh, this person sweeps their way around the room, casting a side eye and a glimmer of a white thigh as they sit, settle onto a settee, in, and it takes way too long for them to do so. Well, those two getaway sticks go all the way to the top. I'll hear none of your jibber-jabber, you old man, you old so-and-so. Uh, Spit <laughs> is instantly struck silent as oh, this wow. lady takes their seat. The name's Camilla wow. Frostwaith, and I demand passage on your vehicle. Demand? I demand it, and I assume that I shall receive it. Uh, excuse me, ma'am, but uh, we're not a passenger vessel. This is a, a pirate ship. You may not be a passenger <laughs> vessel, but I intend to ride it out, so to say. Okay, uh, after an innuendo like that, I say we take her. <laughs> Immediately. No, no, I don't follow. I'd like you to explain it, please. Yeah, oh, yes, run that back see, for me. <laughs> I ride it as if it were a penis. <laughs> oh, see, oh, okay. See, no, you see how much see. easier it'll be for me to start see. sexual conversations with someone laying down prime innuendo like that? I'm not here to no. provide innuendo. I'm here to get far, far away. I'm just a dainty so-and-so trying to escape the hustle and bustle of this mad, mad world. Uh, what are you, uh, trying to escape? Uh, Not I mean, we... murder. <laughs> uh, thunder sounds in the background. Huh, it's daylight. Huh. Okay, well, if not murder, then what? Anything besides that. Dancing, oh. singing, running through the fields, anything but murder. <laughs> well, none of those are crimes. Exactly. Yeah. Who would want to run away from dancing or singing? And to be clear... If there were murder involved, you would not run from it. Uh, thunder did sound in the background when Travis said murder. Well, it sounds like you all are a bunch of smarty pantsies, and I would love to talk more about it. Why don't we say we keep on talking over the next three to four months as we make our way away from this area? Now, come to think of it, before we started these interviews, there was a very handsome, strong-jawed detective that dropped by and asked us if we'd seen a, a, a woman trying to escape something. I feel like that's relevant to this conversation. Wait, Richard yeah, but he Trisse? did say she'd be trying to escape murder, and this woman's escaping running and dancing. And definitely mm. not murder. Oh, 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 that's right. I doubt a murderer would be so forthright with uh, wanting not to escape murder. You know, they, they'd probably say, "I'm fleeing a murder that I did." Well, I, I got a question for Camilla. Camilla yes, little boy. Uh, hey, uh, look, a lot of times we get up in the air and we don't know what's going to happen. So sometimes we might actually have to take, you know, uh, drastic actions. If something were to come up where you were to be called upon to, I don't know, murder someone, would you be able to? Do you have the capacity for it? 
Well, who knows what evil lies in the heart of man? I certainly don't. I'm just a simple old housewife trying to make her way away from this area and not all of the any, the none of those that I did not may or have done the murders. You can see Spit counting it out on his hands trying to understand that last sentence. How about you fine, confused gentlemen just make your way down the line, keep on interviewing people, and I'll make myself comfortable. I just turned real southern, didn't I? Yeah. Well, to be fair, you started you started that way too. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the regional dialectic morphosis in effect. You'll probably be swinging in and out of that as the interview proceeds. That's what I'm it comes thinking. With let me ask. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Did you did you not do a murder to get access to a list of? Secret herbs and spices. Well, I say, I say, I say. Don't. I, I, I don't think that that's any particular kinds of ways of means of asking to, for me to do things here. Okay, now Here's, we've got okay. another question. We we transport many griffins on this ship, and one of the ones we were going to pick up was a chicken hawk. And I just want to make sure there's not going to be a problem between you and the chicken hawk as our adventures progress. I would say we're probably the same person right <laughs> no probably. i believe the chicken hawk would be probably very intent on eating someone that makes similar sounds to the sounds that you make sure 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 that makes sense but uh in any Wait, case but would this in this world <laughs> the chicken hawk size so I, when I'm imagining this chicken hawk in my head, Please. it's much very small, comically small compared to Camilla. Because it's the opposite, you see. Yeah. But in this world, it would be, I don't know, 8.3 times bigger. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm. So would, is that about than human size and not very big. See, that's this is all neither here nor there. I just want to give all of y'all this big box of cigars. Don't mind the fact that uh, the little thing on the side scratch out says TNT. I'll just give all these, put each one in each of your mouths and light them for you, cut like the lovely Southern Bill I am. And I'll oh, just such make a my long way. Wick. Make my way. And uh, I, it's, been, it's just been so lovely to see you. Well, Jonnet can't have a cigar, so I'll take Jonnet's cigar. Take two, oh, man. Also, also, Travis can't really smoke a cigar because uh, he he complained about uh, the air quality on the Uhuru every time I tell him to go shovel things into the furnace. So I'll just smoke his cigar, too. All right. And I'll smoke all three at once just to get it out of the way. Fantastic. So I'm just going to make my way out and onto this plank that's going out to the outside, and I'm going to keep on walking, even though the, the well, wood careful, is... Careful, careful. So- it only extends so long. Oh, okay, wait, look gonna- at me. I'm still walking. I'm still walking. Huh, she's not looking down. <sighs> that's it. I'm walking into this wall that has a, a black circle painted on it, and I'm going to go to my room, which is in there. What, Travis? That's just painted on there. Uh, Spit tries to run up behind Travis to stop him, but he's already disappeared into the recess uh, that's in the black painted circle. Spit runs into it after him and flattens his face against it. Uh, As he does, we can see the three cigars that he's smoking uh, reach their end and explode. Uh, Spit turns into a big pile of dust with two eyes that blink at the camera. (laughs) And then Camilla bends over him. Her face grows long and teeth grow sharp. (laughs) Uh, Eyes begin to fill with blood. 
as her fingers begin to curl around the corpse of spit, she turns to the camera and says, that's all, folks. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Can, we, can we kill spit in each of them? Ooh, new arc. <laughs> that's why it's so scary when he shows up behind us, because last time it's we saw him, way. he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like Character Creation Cast. Character Creation Cast is a discussion podcast where Amelia Antrim and Ryan Boatier create characters in multiple role-playing games with prominent guests from around the game's community. Each month, Character Creation Cast examines the character generation process in-depth in a different game with new guests each series. They always take the time to reflect on the game, its design, and what guests have to say about it. Think of it as sitting in on a great Session Zero every week. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y. P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter, at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.